It's time for the All Things Strange podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can find all of our wonderful links in the description on the link tree, where you can find our Discord, our Patreon, our YouTube, and more. I gotta come up with more crap to say. <laughs> this week's episode Fan Theories. As voted upon by our Patreon subscribers, we've got three levels of Patreon. The first level will get you early access and after hours and live shows now, apparently. The second tier will get you bonus episode and the final tier will get you the ability to vote on upcoming topics. They chose this one this week over uh, some other topic. I already forgot what it was. Let, wait, I can check. It's right here. Hold on. Let me see. What did I put on for the vote? I always forget. It's the strangest thing. Let's see here. Scrolling, scrolling. Oh, elongated skulls. So oh, they, they did not choose. I was actually a little surprised by that, but both topics are very exciting. Both are great topics. So, Hey, either way is fine by me. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right. Well, Hey, let's get right to it, man. We got a lot of theories to cover. There's a lot of really great theories. Let's get, did you, did you want to start with one agent ETA? Well, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what to start with here. I, I don't know all the theories and stuff. You have, you have the list, not me. All right. I'll start but, with, uh, I'll start with my favorite one. You've seen it. The, the show SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Well, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. So the show's about some aquatic animals that are really kind of weird at the bottom of the ocean. And they live in a mm -hmm. city called Bikini Bottom. Now there's a fan theory that Bikini Bottom is actually at the bottom of the Bikini Atoll Islands. Oh yeah, where all the atomic testing happened. Right. So I have a quote here from Wikipedia. After the Second World War, the Atoll was chosen by the United States as a nuclear weapon testing site. All 167 of the Atoll's inhabitants were forcibly relocated in 1946 to Ron Jarek, a small island east of Bikini Atoll. With is that where Ron Jeremy resources. was born? You what? So is that where Ron Jeremy was born? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> with inadequate resources to support the population. Uh, they started starving. They relocated them. Oh, here we go. Um, they used the islands for... Um, 23 nuclear tests up until 1958. So basically the, th the fan theory goes that everybody in the, the show SpongeBob, they're all really weird. And the reason for that is because they've all been mutated by these multiple nuclear tests throughout the years. And that's why they're also possibly more intelligent than you would expect fish to be. They have cars underwater somehow. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. They have underwater lakes, you know, they go surfing. I don't know. It's a really, really weird show. I have a couple more about SpongeBob. Did you get any about SpongeBob? No, I haven't done any research for any of this stuff because I, I just learned that we were doing this topic a very short while ago. Okay. So. In the show, there's uh, SpongeBob works at a restaurant called The Krabby Patty. And uh, what's going on there? Sorry, I should uh, 
should probably mute my TV. I forgot to do that. Oh, whatever. It's okay. In the show, there's a, a burger place called the Krabby Patty. No, the Krusty, Krusty Burger. That's where SpongeBob works. And it's a, a central theme of the show is that the, the Krabby Patties, the burgers that they sell there, have a secret formula. And there are many episodes about various characters trying to get the secret formula, usually Plankton, who owns a competing restaurant called The Chum Bucket. And there's a fan theory, several actually, about what's actually in the Krabby Patty. What is the secret ingredient? Animal semen. Yep, could be. I mean, I didn't read that one. <laughs> that is, you definitely would want to keep that secret, though. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, so one of them is that the secret ingredient is actually whale. And that's why... This, this one gets kind of dark. Mr. Krabs has a daughter who's clearly adopted because he's a crab and she's a whale. So the theory is that he's raising her and when she becomes of age and goes away to college, he's actually just going to slaughter her and sell her as Krabby Patties. And we're talking about, hmm. you know, little aquatic animals like fish. So a big whale will last a really long time. Like that'll last him years and years. So he just adopts another daughter or whale or whatever, and then just rinse and repeat. So that's a- no, Sounds kind of efficient. Pretty dark fan theory there. There's another one that the Krabby Patties are made of actual crab meat. And the idea behind this is basically that you don't see any crabs in the show. And the reason why there are no other crabs other than Mr. Krabs is because he's feeding them all to his customers and that that's the secret ingredient of the Krabby Patty. And there is some evidence for this theory because in one of the shows, there's a line that says after Mr. Krabby or uh, after Mr. Krabs tastes a Krabby Patty, he <coughs> says, so that's what I taste like. So they kind of drop a little oh. hint there. It's not oh, just really? completely made up. Yeah. So apparently there's some evidence and that's also kind of dark because imagine you know somebody doing that to people you know it's kind of weird <laughs> uh, i think there i think there has been that has happened before there there was this uh, art so uh i won't say too much about it but uh, in uh, in riverside county they have this like county fair right mm -hmm. and uh, they have different competitions like barbecue competitions oh, yeah. i've heard about uh, this one <laughs> I, I, I won't point uh like a chili competition this is the exact reason why i brought it up so it, there ended up being a county employee that was like a serial killer, and he was actually like like putting people into his chili that he was entering into this competition. He ended up getting caught and he confessed to it, but at but yeah, at one point like he was actually entering his chili with people parts into the competition. And from what I understand, like a lot of people really liked his his chili. Like they were like, "Damn, this is good," you know. Like, well, and uh, I think he had won it at one point because they have it every year, you know. I hear that cannibals call people long pig. <laughs> long pig, yeah. So I don't know. That's pretty know, gross, Rick. though. Pretty yeah, damn gross. A, just imagine if you were one of those people that were like, oh, damn, this is some good chili. Yeah. You know, then <laughs> you find out later, it's like, well, at that, at that point, you've already digested it. Like, you can't, like, fucking fix, spit your, uh, put your fingers on your throat and, and throw that shit up. It's already done. Yep. It's a done deal. It has become a part of you now. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are now haunted. There's a bunch of fan theories about SpongeBob, but I'll just leave it there. 
Let's get to another one of my favorite theories. The MCU had a villain called Thanos. I'm sure you're aware of it. Um, Everybody's aware of it, even if they haven't seen the movies. But in the movies, there's a scene where Doctor Strange checks out all of the possible futures, something like 14 million possible outcomes to their current predicament. And he predicts that only one of those outcomes do they end up winning. But... Even so, Thanos ends up getting his hands on the gauntlet and killing half of the people, which suggests that Doctor Strange failed and Thanos won after all. But there's a fan theory that actually that is according to plan, because if Thanos hadn't gotten the gauntlet and ultimately he destroyed it after he killed half the people, let's say that they got it and the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. locked it up behind some vault or something, Sooner or later, somebody else, even worse than Thanos, would have gotten their hands on it. Or perhaps some superhero would have gotten it and used it against some threat, and the result would have been even worse than Thanos killing half of the population in the universe. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of an interesting fan theory, because when I saw that, that scene was like a pretty big deal. You know, okay, we've, I've just checked out all 14 million things and he has the time stone so he can control time and space and all that. And they end up losing anyway. So I thought that theory actually made quite a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I mean, very logical too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it makes sense that eventually somebody like Thanos was like, you know, one of the worst dudes ever, but eventually there's going to be somebody comes along that's uh, worse than him. And if you have all those stones all in one spot. Well, that's easy pickings for somebody who has the right capabilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you've seen these movies and shows, you know, sooner or later, every vault will be cracked eventually. That's just how it works in these cinematic universes. (laughs) Yeah. But that, yeah, that was a really fun one. But the fact that after he kills half the people, they actually are able to go back in time, do a bunch of shenanigans. And then, you know, the Hulk does his thing and they bring everybody back. But this has some very interesting, I don't know, complications. So let's say hypothetically that when people went away, that, I don't know, a husband or wife or whatever, they were married, their spouse dies, and they get remarried. But then five years later, they're back. So now what do you do? (laughs) That's a sticky situation right there. And Sticky wicket. There's also another theory that I read kind of another dark one where if they included uh, babies in this calculation, right? So what if the mother dies, but the unborn baby does not, and it just drops to the pavement or vice versa? What if the, oh. the baby gets dustified in the womb? How would that affect the mother, right? And then when it's brought back five years later, because the people who are left behind they age five years and the people who come back did not. So what if... That would be messy. Yeah. What if the mom's walking down the street or doing whatever and all of a sudden, boom, six months pregnant. What? Well, (laughs) five years pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not going to be good. And also uh... the movie demonstrates that uh, when people are brought back, they're brought back to the place where they left from implying that if they left from an airplane, they would be put back to that place, not necessarily in an airplane. (laughs) So that was some more fun implications about that, that you don't necessarily see in the movie, but they imply would happen. 
you get brought back and you're just like, oh, I'm alive again. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm falling. Like what, what, what? I'm in the clouds. What's what's going on? Oh, the ground is coming so fast. Oh no, that would uh, that would suck. Yeah, but that, I mean, there's worse ways to go out, I guess. Yeah, and the last one I have for the MCU that was a lot of fun was um, there was a so a villain named Galacticus, I guess, devoured Thanos's world. And the, that sort of, I guess, is why Thanos is a bad guy. But the theory goes that Thanos... Is it Galactus? Yeah, it's was Galactus. it Galactus? I think so. Gal- I remember seeing him in the comic yeah. books. Okay, Galactus, yeah. So I guess Galactus is a villain that feeds off of worlds and the yeah. life force of worlds. And if a world becomes too populated, it becomes a target for Galactus. So Thanos was actually saving the universe by killing enough people to where these worlds would no longer be of interest to Thanos. Thus, it would not, not to Thanos, to Galactus. It would not attract him because there would not be high enough population there. So the Avengers, mm-hmm. by stopping him, inadvertently destroy the universe. I mean, down the road, once Galactus gets rolling, I guess. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's a fun theory, you know? Why not? All right. Next up, Independence Day. You know there's got to oh. be some fun theories here. I read one on Reddit about the weapons that they use. They just shoot down a beam on the building and the building just explodes, right? One theory goes that the reason they explode is that the beam actually causes a nuclear reaction of some sort using the material of whatever it hits as the reactant and causes a chain reaction that goes boom. Not that crazy of a theory, but I thought it was still pretty interesting. Because you don't always think, you know, why does this weapon work? How's this going on? You just see, okay, explosion. The White yeah. House just blew up. White House just blew up, you know? Yeah, I would just, I always just assumed it was like a direct energy weapon of some sort that had so much power, just destroyed everything you came into contact with, you know? I had a theory when I was reading about this stuff. There's one problem with the movie that everybody talks about, which is the computer virus, right? The most ridiculous part of that movie, which by the way, people hate the second movie, the sequel. I would just like to remind everybody just how incredibly dumb the first movie was too. The first, the second movie is exactly as stupid as the first movie. So I don't know why it got so much hate. I thought it was a fun movie. People hate it. I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, it's just, it's just an entertaining movie. You know, Randy Quaid was, was uh, great in it. You know, I'm back and shit and. Who was a? Uh, oh no, I'm thinking about a different movie. Never mind. I, I was going to say wasn't Jack Black in it, but now I was actually thinking about Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> although Jack Black would have made a great uh, Randy Quaid. You know that character. Yeah, I think he could have filled those shoes easily. Yeah, yeah. I think he would have done all right. So, anyways, my theory is that the aliens are actually us from the future traveling back in time for whatever nefarious purposes. I don't know. And they're still using the same operating systems, which is why our virus would actually work on them, I guess. Oh, actually, that's that's kind of interesting, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I could think of as to why that stupid virus would work. Although, apparently, for whatever reason, they cut out 15 seconds of the movie where the scientists explained that our software was actually back-engineered from the alien software. Remember, they captured a spaceship. The Roswell was actually the aliens that came back mm-hmm. later to blow us up. And that's why the software worked is because we got our software from their operating system. But 
I don't know. They cut that from the movie, so it's non non-canonical at this point. <laughs> but it's 15 seconds. Did you really need to cut 15 seconds that made the movie actually make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, they had reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. Another one from Independence Day is that the aliens were actually peaceful. They were coming here to make contact, but when we sent that helicopter with the lights attached to it to try to communicate with them, they somehow misinterpreted that. Maybe we sent a hostile signal or maybe they thought it would be some kind of attack and then they went berserk on us. So that was kind of a yeah. fun theory that they were just good guys after all and it was all just a misunderstanding. <laughs> well, if, if they were good guys, then why would they come up come here with ships that had such capability to to destroy. You know what I mean? Like, why well, would they, why would that mean anything to them? You know, well, you I mean, never they're know. They're so advanced. You never know what you're going to encounter, what hostilities you're going to run into. So you're going to yeah. need to defend yourself. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, look at, look at Star Trek. They are on a peaceful explore, exploration mission, but those ships are armed to the teeth with phasers and photon torpedoes and, teleporters dude tell teleporters i think is an underutilized weapon in that series just imagine the damage you could cause with the teleporter it is canon as far as i understand in star trek that you can use the teleporter one way in other words you can dematerialize something but you don't necessarily have to rematerialize it so why not just use the teleporter to dematerialize parts of your enemy's ship at a range and just cause entire sections to disappear and expose the where inner it, workings to space. Where does it go? Like some kind of purgatory or something, or like, I wonder, I think it breaks it up into its component bits and then reassembles it maybe, or, um, another, I think on the next generation, I remember an episode where they explain it, where it kind of destroys you or whatever's being teleported kind of gets d destroyed. And then, um, copied digitally copied and then a new copy is made and there's an episode hmm. where i think Riker gets basically cloned because the system goes wrong so there's oh. uh two rikers and the implication there is basically every time somebody is teleported they're murdered and a new person is put in their place and this also has all sorts of really interesting implications for example if you can make a real-time replica of somebody why couldn't you take an imprint and then alter their age in the future? So you could basically have immortality from that, for example. So there's a lot of really interesting implications. And since people teleport all the time, you could also, let's say, clone people, soldiers. You know, if you wanted to win a war, just clone a gazillion soldiers, send as them all out. Why not? Yeah. So it has, interesting. has some implications if you think about... Uh, you know, as far as being able to duplicate people, destroying the original copy, which is pretty weird. All right, let's see. Oh, I, did, I read a theory, uh, part of a discussion of Independence Day, where somebody said it wouldn't make sense for them to come here to hit us with their death rays or their directed energy weapons. What they would do, do instead would be while they were traveling towards us, on the way, before they decelerate, they're going to be traveling, you know, close to the speed of light or whatever to get here. As they're decelerating, just dump some garbage out and they decelerate. The garbage does not. And it impacts us at some percentage of the speed of light. And, you know, 
any amount of matter going that fast would be catastrophic if it hit the earth. So that mm-hmm. would be way more effective of a weapon than hitting us with beams <laughs> if they wanted to yeah, wipe way, us all out. Way more efficient, way faster. You know, they wouldn't have to spend so much time, you know, uh, coming into our atmosphere and then hovering around for a little bit until they come on to target. Uh, you know, like, yeah, that would, that would be very efficient. Some compressed uh, garbage, like something like a dropping out of a freaking plane or something like that, but in space without any resistance until it gets to the, the earth, It'd be a bunch of little meteorites that would just either explode in our atmosphere or hit the ground eventually. And then that would be horrific. Yeah. It's an idea that actually I've seen in other science fiction works. For example, in the expanse, there is a part where they use meteors and they just drop meteors into planets as a weapon. It's way mm-hmm. more effective than any sort of nuclear bomb or anything you could manufacture. Yeah. If, if you yeah. get something that big was enough. A, that was a pretty cool show. I, I enjoyed it. Like the, I forget how many seasons they have now. And I, I don't know if it's still going, but I remember watching that just like, like, like kind of on a, you know, on a whim and like, uh, cause it was a sci-fi thing and I was like, ah, oh, I'm in the mood for that. You know, I started watching it and it was pretty good. You know, um, it, it kind of got a little clustered up, I guess, in a way as the seasons went on, like, it became more confusing and stuff. Like I didn't exactly know what direction they're trying to go with it, but it was still entertaining though. I thought it was a good show. At least the first couple seasons definitely are. Yeah, it was a fun show. I enjoyed it. It's, I wouldn't say it's high quality <laughs> cinema. No. Yeah. The writing is a little suspect in places, particularly the dialogue, but it's still a fun watch though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Just have to suspend disbelief a little bit and enjoy yourself. Yeah, they they do have some fun ideas in that show. For example, they are torturing uh, people who live in space just by hanging them on a hook or something because they're not used to gravity. <laughs> in gravity, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that character, uh, the Belters, yeah, is that what they're called, right? The Bel- Belta. I've read a couple of the books. I didn't read the whole series because I don't. I just kind of lost interest over time. Oh, but, I didn't know it came from. It came from a book. Yeah. Oh, actually, I would be interested in reading that. They're all right. Yeah. The first couple, especially it kind of goes downhill in my opinion. The books do too. Yeah. But the, Uh, um, that woman in the, I forget her name, but the woman who's actually torturing the belter by hanging, hanging him. Um, Hmm. she's not nearly as ruthless in the books. She's actually, she's an effective politician and she'll do what needs to be done to get the job done, but she never tortures anybody. That's it's, uh, I think they did that for the show kind of, I don't know, to make everything more extreme. It kind of makes it more interesting. Maybe I'm not sure, huh. but they made some changes like that for the show. So the books are, are kind of different and there's certain things in the books that I don't think translate very well to, to film. So they're, it, it's worth a read. If you like the show, you probably enjoy it. Oh, sure. So uh, is it, is the book called the expanse as well, or is it called something different? Yeah, I think the series is called The Expanse, but the books all have individual titles. I forget. They're all based on, I think, like Greek gods or something. Let's see. Oh, okay. Let me Google it here. While you're doing that, might as well put a little pep in my step. While we're waiting, I'll just check the... Okay, so the first one is Leviathan Wakes, and there's nine books total. So, so you, is it is it called like the... Is it called like the expanse, the Leviathan awaits or whatever? Or yeah, I think if you if you're looking for it, if you just search for the expanse books on eBay, your library, whatever, it'll probably come up. 
Okay. On Amazon. All right. Oh. Next up, my last Independence Day theory, I think, is, uh, yeah, is a fun one. This is, so, Cousin Eddie from the Vacation series, right? Uh-huh. Shitter's Full Eddie? Yeah. That's actually the same character from Independence Day. This is, as the fan theory goes. And the the way this makes sense is the character Cousin Eddie in um, in the National Lampoon's th- series is a Vietnam War veteran. He's about the right age, and he has a plate in his head, which is clearly from a war injury. And when Aunt, uh, what's her name? I forgot her name. Aunt Bethany, she sings the Pledge of Allegiance instead of Grace, remember? And uh, I think it's Christmas Vacation. And he stands up, actually. And he salutes when she sings the national anthem, just like a soldier would, right? So he has PTSD. And in Independence Day, he has the experience where he had an abduction previously. But that wasn't an abduction. He was actually captured by the North Vietnamese and held in a POW camp. But Mm. because it was so traumatic for him and his head, it was an alien abduction. So that kind of links the two movies together. And Cousin Eddie is actually, what's the character's name? I forget. Uh, whatever. I don't know. It, he's, it's the same character in both movies. So I thought that was kind of a fun fan theory as well. I like that one. I want to believe that one. Yeah. You know? They're basically that the same character, kind of. That one sounds legit. Yeah. Very believable to me. Yeah, I like that one. That one's fun. All right. Now, next up, I've got uh, the fun one for me, Star Wars. Lots of, lots, it's just endless. The fan theories for Star Wars is literally endless. You could go, oh yeah, go on all night talking about these ones. But all right, first up, in The Empire Strikes Back, you remember when they're running from the Empire and they hide in an asteroid, right? The Millennium Falcon flies into a hole in an asteroid, which ends up being a big giant worm. Yeah, well, yeah. The fan theory is that asteroids cannot support life especially big giant worms. So that asteroid field that they were flying through is the remnants of a planet that was destroyed by the death star that we did. That happened off screen. It was a test or something, or, you know, it's implied that the, that the empire is doing a lot of stuff to keep people in line. It doesn't necessarily go over every single evil thing that they do. So I thought that was kind of a fun little, you know, minor theory, but it kind of makes sense that that was a remnant of a planet. Could be. Another fun one, this is a this is a popular one. Everyone's probably heard this one already, but what the heck? In the prequel, which, you know, we didn't realize how good the prequel was until the sequel came out. <laughs> but anyways, in the prequel, Anakin is uh the chosen one. <laughs> and um he's gonna bring balance back to the force. And it appears that he doesn't do that. He becomes Darth Vader and goes on a murder spree and kills a lot of people and is an evil guy. But actually he does bring balance back to the force because he murders the crap out of all the Jedi, right? Him and the emperor, they killed the Jedi order. Basically they kill all of them. So the idea is that the force was actually not in balance before there was too much of the light side of the force. So it was out of balance and Darth Vader was needed to come and murder the shit out of everybody to bring the natural balance back into line, which in this case means there are only just a handful of them left in the entire galaxy. There's just, you hmm. know, basically Luke Skywalker 
And who knows, you know, that's it at the end. <laughs> Just him is, you know, and his sister Leia, who's not really uh, a Jedi. And I don't think there's any of others left. Uh, I don't think so. Anyways, yeah. at least not in the original trilogy. That yeah. was well, that, and, and in the newest movies, it implies that Leia had a connection to the Force all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but, I'm going to pretend like the new movies didn't happen. <laughs> I would love to not know that they ever did, but unfortunately, I do. Uh, they're uh, so bad, so bad. It's. I mean, I actually only saw the first one, and I I saw that one with you know you have the original cast members who don't even share a scene together, which was super disappointing. I understand that they want to introduce younger characters to try to bring in younger generations. I'm all on board for that. Fine. Whatever. You know, these, these older actors can't do the same stunts that they used to, whatever. It's fine. But they didn't even share the screen. And then they just kill, they kill off Han like right away in the beginning of the movie, with his whiny, snivelly little son, you know, that was, that was, uh, that wasn't the first one. Was it? That was the first one. Yeah. Was that the first one? Well, I only saw the first one, so it had to have been. Oh, oh okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But they, yeah, so they kill off Han and it's just like, there's, they don't, they don't establish why that guy, um, what's, what's his name in the movie? Do you remember? Um, damn. Uh, I so know the actor's name is Adam Driver, right? He's so forgettable. It was, um, Kylo Ren? Kylo oh, no, Ren, that that's was, it. Yeah, was, yeah. That, was that it? Okay. And they, they don't establish why he's gone to the dark side. That's like a very important moment in the movie. Well, didn't he go to the dark side because uh, um, Luke's character, when he was training him, he felt like his his ability or, or potential to go to the, to the dark side was strong. So uh, for whatever reason, Luke Skywalker decides to murder him in his sleep. But then yeah. like he he stops while he's trying to murder him and then and then Kylo wakes up and sees like Luke standing over him and that's the reason why he went to the dark side. Completely out of character, first of all. And second yeah. of all, that means Luke's a bad guy. That doesn't mean Kylo Ren's a bad guy. That's not a reason to go to the dark side. That's Yeah. It's stupid. It just and that wasn't in the first movie. I only know that cuz I saw reviews of the other movies. I yeah, watched yeah. reviews cuz I thought maybe it gets better. Maybe that was just a fluke. But the first movie, they don't establish any, any of the characters are not established. You have basically, it's just a carbon copy remake of the first movie. You have another death star. It's a planet this time. It's bigger and it's better, but it still does the exact same thing. It just blows up planets. The same thing, right? Well, it can blow up multiple planets now at the same time. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like instead of recharging and taking 10, 15 minutes, you know, like, Okay, fine, whatever. And then yeah. the the most disappointing thing was that the main character, Ray, didn't have to go through any trials and tribulations. She didn't have to, she never even trained how to use a lightsaber or a force or whatever. The first time she picks up a lightsaber, she defeats Kylo Ren, who's been training his whole life. It just, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And it goes against the whole good versus evil thing. The whole reason why the dark side of the force is attractive is because it's powerful, right? Luke Skywalker yeah, yeah. cannot beat Darth Vader and the emperor in the first trilogy. There's no outcome where that actually happens, right? It's not going to happen. That's why the only way he's able to win in the end, spoiler alert, is by, you know, appealing to Darth Vader's good side. And then Anakin comes back and saves Luke. 
but the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing, you know, he he kind of beats Darth Vader in a lightsaber battle, but the Emperor wanted him to kill Darth Vader anyways. So he only does mm-hmm. that when he gets really pissed off and starts like channeling the dark side. That's the only way he's able to do that. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. But in the new movie, you don't have to, it, there's no longer that balance of power. It's just, you know, whatever needs to happen on screen happens on screen, whether or not it makes any sense, light, dark, whatever. It's all meaningless. It's all the same. Now there's no difference between the light side and the dark side. They're all just equally powerful. Whereas in the original trilogy, there's, you know, there's a difference. There was good, evil morals and all that stuff. Well, right. Luke Skywalker starts off as like kind of a whiny little bitch. And then he has to earn his way, basically go through a bunch of training and stuff like you're talking about before. And yeah, he's, he's not the Luke Skywalker of legend at the beginning, you know? Right. He's, he's, and know, even, he, has to, he has to grow, he has to learn, he has to fail, you know? Yeah. And even after all of, all of the stuff he goes through to become a Jedi, he's still not powerful enough at the end. Right. Because he's not dark side. You have to be dark side to kill dark side. Basically, you know, the light side's not strong enough. That's, uh, I'm sure yeah. that other people have had that conversation, but that's one thing that always bothered me about the new movie. And I disliked it so much that I never saw the ones that followed, you know? Yeah. I've, yeah. Me the only know. other thing I've seen is the Mandalorian, which I was, eh, it's all right. It wasn't, wasn't worth watching. I saw one or two episodes. It was all right. Yeah. I saw a couple episodes myself as well, but then once I heard, um, uh, gosh, what's her name? Um, Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. Once I heard she had like, was starting to go through some controversy and gotten kicked off the show, whatever. I was like, all right, well, I'm not gonna even, not gonna even try. I, I the reason why I watched the show, there's two reasons. Mm-hmm. So Gina Carano and Bill Burr. Once I heard like Bill yeah. Burr was a character, <laughs> I was like, oh dude, I gotta see this. You yeah. know? And it's funny. Cause he's always made fun of star Wars, right? <laughs> uh huh. He's cause you know, he makes fun of nerds and stuff. He makes fun of everybody though. So there's nothing particularly important about that. Mm-hmm. All right. What theory do I have next here? Oh, it's just a fun little theory is that Luke made a lot of progress when he was training on Dagobah with Yoda. And the theory goes that Yoda was so powerful. He was able to manipulate time to give Luke more time to train. It's that a fun like theory. A- but, it's like a hi- hyperbolic chamber, like in Dragon Ball. Yeah. It's a fun theory, but on the other hand, to, for me, it doesn't really hold up that well because if Yoda was really that powerful, he could have just defeated the emperor himself, right? I don't know. It's a fun theory though. Oh yeah. Here's a, here's a good one. So it turns out that according to fan theories, that Leia actually really doesn't like Chewie. In fact, she hates his guts. The evidence for this is at the end of the first movie, after they destroy the Death Star, everybody gets a medal except Chewie. Chewie does not get a medal. Poor old Chewie's just standing there, left out in the left out in the cold, you know, standing without a medal. Everybody else, they're celebrating, and you know, poor Chewie. And <laughs> and um, and correct also, me if I'm correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but like when they're celebrating, Chewie is like off to the side, like going like, yeah, like, like kind of like yelling, kinda, right? It's kind of off to the side and of the it, screen. Looking sad. And his, yeah. And <laughs> in his language, because you can't see like his facial expressions, his muscular, you know, structure on his face, it's all face, it's all hair. So, you know, so what if that was him being mad? You know, I, I don't know. But yeah. Also, she thing. calls him a walking carpet. She says, uh, insults, uh, uses it an insult. She says, uh, kissing a Wookiee as an insult. And in the the new movie, um, The Force Awakens, I think, when 
Han dies, she doesn't console him at all. She just kind mm. of ignores him, even though that's like his lifelong best friend. So mm. based on those pieces of evidence, I'd say Princess Leia does not like Chewie at she, all. She really doesn't like him. Yeah, she not, hates his guts. Not just not just casually, unlike it, it's he had done. She's hey, she's a princess, you know? She's probably racist. I don't know. <laughs> He's got too much fur. To her, he should yeah. be a a jacket or something, you know, nice, <laughs> a nice Wookiee coat. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose he would have made a nice coat. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how coarse or how, uh, velvety that hair was. Maybe it was very nice. I don't know. It could have looked pretty silky to me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Next theory. When, when the gang arrives at cloud city, there's a droid, a, a protocol droid like C-3PO who says to C, he says, E Chuta to C-3PO and C-3PO says, how rude. And it's, it's kind of out of character for a protocol droid to insult somebody. So the theory is that that protocol droid was telling him you better leave or go away or something like that. And then he would have responded by saying how rude, because, you know, if you tell somebody get out of here, leave, that's kind of rude, right? But that protocol droid on them to eat shit, eat shooter. Yeah. <laughs> that protocol droid actually knew that Darth Vader was there and that they were going to capture everybody and do what ended up happening. And Luke ended up losing his hand and all that stuff. So the droid was trying to warn them, but C-3PO being C-3PO just totally ignored him and said, how rude. And then shenanigans ensued. That's a fun theory. I like that one. Cause you know, it uses some, it totally makes sense. I'm, I'm all, bo- I'm all bored on that one. Yeah. I like it. All right. Give me a second. My chair is slowly sinking here. I need to, all right, all right there we go. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need a new chair. It's just, it's slowly over time, just going down a little bit. It felt like, all I'm right. surprised the chair that I have right now, I'm surprised that th- this thing has held on. It's not like I use it every day or anything like that. So it's not heavily used, but I've had it for over well over 10 years now. Hmm. And it's, it creaks. I know you've uh, complained about that. Maybe I need to grease, uh, something. It doesn't, it doesn't seem that bad today. So I'm sure we'll be fine. Nope. Ha! Wait, see if you're, ha! Riverside has noise removal built in, I think, which is Ah, why it's not that bad. Nice. Yeah. So we'll see how that turns out. All right. Up next. Oh, this is a fun one. In the third movie of the original trilogy, the Ewoks kill a whole bunch of stormtroopers. Before, yeah, the horse. Yeah. before they do that, when they first capture the gang, when they first capture the gang, they put them up on spits and are trying to roast them over the fire. So clearly the Ewoks eat people at the end of the movie, the Ewoks are shown using stormtroopers helmets as like drums and we don't see any stormtrooper bodies. So the fan theory is that the Ewoks Ooh. actually ate all the stormtroopers that they killed. <laughs> Time for a barbecue, baby. Yeah. And presumably they were also feeding them to the main characters because why not? You know, party time. Excellent. They would have had a lot of uh, corpses to use in order to have a barbecue and uh, have a grand old time. Yeah. And if that's, if that's their cultural practice, they wouldn't have necessarily even told the main characters that that's what they were being served. They would that's have just what they do. Yeah. They would have just cooked them up and served them, you know, <clears throat> stew or steaks or whatever. Who knows? 
So that was kind of a gruesome one, but also kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Um, do you remember Jar Jar Binks? Yeah, of course. Uh, apparently, he's a very evil guy. He's he's a dark Jedi. He's a Sith Lord who's been manipulating things right out in the open all along. It may seem it may seem kind of like like an out there theory, but there is some evidence in the movies for this. For example, he's the one that actually convinced the Senate to give supreme power to Palpatine. I don't know if you saw that movie. Um, I don't think I saw that movie. I saw the first one and I saw the third one. Um, I know I've seen all three. I don't, I, I just don't necessarily remember all the scenes, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't really like the first one, so I didn't see the second one, but then I saw a review of the third one and I was like, all right, that actually looks pretty good. So I saw the third one. It was all right. It was decent. But the, the first one is, I don't know, kind of felt like a teen drama to me. Not really my genre. Not, I was not their target audience either though. So whatever, <laughs> but mm-hmm. was not my thing. And plus midi-chlorians, fuck midi-chlorians, dude, you know, so dumb, so stupid. But anyways, so Jar Jar convinces the Senate to let Palpatine take over. And I think that was the second movie. Maybe it was the third. I don't know. I vaguely remember something like that. And sometimes when characters are talking, you can see Jar Jar in the background moving his mouth as if he's controlling what that character is saying. So that's an interesting possibility. And Hmm. in one of the movies, the characters are in a submarine trying to get away from a giant fish that's trying to eat the submarine. Jar Jar goes unconscious. And while he's unconscious, an even bigger fish pops up and its eyes look like Jar Jar's eyes. It eats the fish that's trying to eat the submarine. And after that, Jar Jar wakes back up and smacks his lips as if he had just been controlling that bigger fish. So mm. kind of interesting. Very Jar Jar interesting. is actually the villain of the movie. Apparently hmm. <laughs> he's, he's not just there to troll fans. He's actually a very powerful Sith Lord. <laughs> I have heard the theory that like, like Jar Jar Binks is actually like uh, one of the most powerful beings in the universe, in that universe. Yeah. Um, because of how unlucky he is, basically. That's the reason why he got kicked out of his, uh, his home world. And he's like, so very unlucky that like, uh, like it's unlucky in the way that like everybody around him suffers from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Negatively. So, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that before, but. I don't know if that quite is as supported as the, the theory that you're talking about there. I think there's more evidence for that theory. Well, it's all just me. fan theories. It's all just fun, you know? Yeah. None of this stuff is explicitly canon in any of these things. So it's all just kind of speculative anyways, but what the heck? Why not? You know? Mm-hmm. All right. Now here's one. Hey, I hate a grammar Nazi as much as the next guy, right? No, I'm just kidding. I don't really care, but a grammar Nazi actually came up with this theory. I don't know which one, but in the force awakens, there's that, you know, the title crawl at the beginning of the movie. And during the title crawl, it says, uh, talking about Leia, it says her brother, Luke, not her brother, comma, Luke, apparently her brother, Luke without a comma implies that there are other siblings. Whereas her brother, comma, Luke implies that that's her only sibling. So in other words, this means that the Skywalkers have siblings that we have not yet been introduced to possibly force 
sensitive siblings. I don't know. I'm mm. not sure. I'm not up to speed on my grammar, so I'm not sure why that one makes sense. You know, if the comma would indicate that, but I don't It's a theory. Let me know in the comments. What do you guys think? Is there anything to this one? <laughs> All right. We're almost here. I got a, almost done here. I only have a couple more left to get through. Uh, Indiana Jones and the crystal skulls. The infamous scene is the refrigerator scene. You know what I'm talking about? ETA. Is that the one where he hides in a refrigerator during like an atomic bomb test and somehow he survives? Yes. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. Everybody hated that scene. They all thought it was the dumbest thing ever, but there's a fan theory as to why he was able to survive that nuclear blast in the refrigerator. The theory is that because he had previously drinken from the Holy Grail, it gave him some sort of healing properties that allowed him to oh. survive the blast. I like it. Yeah. That would be the only thing that could possibly help him. Maybe, you know, that, yeah. I do. I do agree that that scene was a little, a little dumb. Like if you're going to be hit with the force of a, a, a blast from a, an atomic bomb that makes like the refrigerator that you're in tumble the way it did, uh, you're, you're at least going to be irradiated to the point of where you're going to die from, from, you know, uh, uh, what is it like, uh, what's it called? Why am I, why am I bringing fart in here? Radiation? So Radiation poisoning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, come on now, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous to think that you could hide in a, a freaking refrigerator. Although back in those days, what the, that refrigerator was supposed to be made in like the mid forties. 50s yeah right? probably like probably it was made in the late 40s That's, i imagine i don't know so i mean who knows what that refrigerator was coated with i mean maybe maybe it was just like uh i mean you know that old saying they don't make them like they used to right? yeah that's true so i don't know maybe maybe but also though to be fair all of the indiana jones movies kind of have a lot of ridiculous stuff in them for example when they jump out of an airplane not with the parachute but with an inflatable raft you know <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. This is kind of the style of the movie is to do ridiculous stunts that are completely absurd. Yeah. Well, it's a fantasy world and yeah. you know, so it's like, Hey, all right. I mean, you got to suspend dis or you got to yeah, suspend disbelief. Right. Is that the, yeah. the same? So yeah. I mean like, yeah, whatever. You don't have to be too realistic about it. I mean, just be entertained. It doesn't have to be at 100% like accurate, you know, realistic. Yeah. So if you put it in context with the other movies, it's actually not really that silly. I mean, well, it's not any more silly than the other movies. I mean, look at the second movie. They're having like a fight on a roller coaster that can like jump the rails and stuff. Like, come on, dude, that, that part is absolutely ridiculous if you think about it. Yeah. But yeah. it still made a great scene, you know? So yeah, it, yeah. I guess, you know, for me, the refrigerator in hindsight is when I saw the movie, I was like, this is, this is so stupid. But if you compare it to the other movies, it's not really any dumber than stuff that happens in the other movies. But actually I kind of want to rewatch that fourth movie because the first time when I saw it, I've only seen it once. I, I was kind of disappointed by it because the first three were so good. And then that one, I was just kind of like, eh, it's just, <laughs> it was all right, but it didn't yeah. hold up. But sometimes when I go watch something again, if I lower my expectations, then it actually ends up being a lot more enjoyable because like the, I don't know, like, it, they ended on a high note with the third movie, you know, the last crusader, that movie was excellent. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This is a great movie. Yeah. I mean, like, it, there's so many iconic scenes, like from those first three movies that you could you could mention quite a bit of them. I mean, the, 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 I know, it's kind of weird. Like the the first thing, whenever I hear Indiana Jones, the first thing I ever like that pops into my mind is "No Time for Love," Doctor Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I have no idea why that, but that's always like the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah. You know? Short round. <laughs> well. Just think about, just think about that, the, well, all of the movies really, but like that second movie, just how, like that movie, it's like a whirlwind. It never lets up from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. It just, as soon as you think that the action's going to let up for a minute, it doesn't, it just keeps on going. It's, it's a pretty wild yeah. ride. It's very well made. It's really, yeah. It, excellent, excellent made, excellent script, excellent directing. It's just, it's a great movie from beginning to end. Just really exciting movie. Th then. You know, you have the third one is similar. The first one's a similar idea. Then the fourth one, not as much. It's, I don't know. It just doesn't hold up to the first three, but I want to watch it again to see if, you know, my opinion has changed. If there's some redeeming qualities to that movie, maybe it's not as good as the original three, but if I don't expect it to be, maybe I'll enjoy it more. I don't know. Yeah. Plus it's got aliens. So what the hell? That should be right up my alley, right? It's pretty sweet. All right, I've got just a couple more here. I think one of them or both of them you're you're gonna like, Pinky and the Brain. Oh, I remember this. One uh, of them is a genius, and the other is insane, according to the yeah. theme song. But they don't say which one is which. So in this fan theory, Pinky is actually the genius, and Brain is actually insane. And Pinky pretends to be a doofus so that he can thwart the brain's attempts to take over the world every day. He's only pretending so that he can save the world. That's, that's all there is to that one. But I thought it was a lot of fun because hmm. it kind of turns the whole idiom on its head or the, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, it's like, he's not dumb. He's actually a genius. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Now that, that, that show, uh, that cartoon was a big part of my, my childhood life. I used to watch that. Every, every, I used to wait for the episodes to come out, you know, that, and, uh, uh, cause that shows that Pink in the Brain started, started in Animaniacs, I think, right? Yeah. Like at, at first it was like a skit in Animaniacs and then mm -hmm. it became its own show. But yeah, no, I loved, I loved that show, man. That show was, was, was great when I was a kid. Yeah. It's, I think it still holds up. It's a good show. There's mm -hmm. a handful of kids shows that I actually enjoy. I, I would still watch today. SpongeBob being one of them. Um, Adventure Time being another. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. It, which one? Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy for sure. Traveling mm -hmm. Nipple Salesman. Don't whiz on the electric fence. Oh. Come on. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> Blammo. Yeah. Uh, it's long um, by Blammo. Powdered Toastman with his X-ray nipple vision. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a kid's show. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell are we doing here? Why is this in a freaking kid's show? Yeah. No, that was not a kid's but show. it was. Not it at all. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. That looking back now, there's there's a there's quite a few things in Ren and Stimpy that were adult humor. That I just didn't get because I was a kid right. watching it. I just you know, but now it's like I, I see some of the stuff and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Dude, this yeah. is uh, yeah. some different. This is how, some different. How is that on Nickelodeon? Uh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
How do they allow this? I showed Agent Redacted an episode of it because, you know, I think he overheard us talking about it or something. I don't know. But I showed Uh it to him. He was was like, what? (laughs) He was blown (laughs) away by the insanity of that show. He was like, wait a minute. This makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. That you're the way that you are. Yeah. (laughs) You grew up on this, right? Yeah. Okay. It's all starting to fall into place. (laughs) Yeah. There's there's another one, um, Peep in the Big Wide World. That's actually kind of for little kids, but it's about these birds that like kind of live around this pond and they have cute little bird adventures. But one of them, the duck character, he kind of reminds me of Cartman. He's just a dick all of the time. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like that one. That's a funny show. All right. And I've never seen that one. My, no, most people have not seen it. It's, it's for like little kids, but I, I actually, I found it entertaining. I would watch it again. All right. My last one here is Inspector Gadget. This is a fun theory. Oh yeah. I don't know if you remember that show. That I used to love that oh, show yeah. when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you next time, gadget. Next I'll time. Nugget next time, gadget. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and like he had hit his cat like uh what is it, Mad Cat or something like that? Yeah, or, something like forget, that. Like he, it was like in the center console of his freaking car. Yeah. Or some shit. I don't know. I may I might be confusing things here, but yeah. So the idea is that Inspector Gadget is actually a robot replica of a police officer that died in the line of duty. And wasn't his daughter's name uh, Penny? Penny? Was it Penny? Yeah. I think it was Penny. I think it was, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that show, so I might be wrong about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But remember she had that book, right? Like that computer book? I always thought that was the coolest thing when I was a kid. But uh, so uh, where was it? Oh, yeah. So anyways, the theory is that... Um, Dr. Claw is actually the officer that was supposed to have died in the line of duty and Inspector Gadget is actually his robotic clone. So that's why huh. we never see Dr. Claw's face because he's actually the guy that, uh, that, uh, Inspector Gadget is based on. And that's also that's why he wants to go after Inspector Gadget so much is because it's his replacement. So he wants to do away with him. Huh? Interesting. I've never heard that theory. I don't know. I'm not sure if it holds up to scrutiny, but I thought it was a fun theory nonetheless. It was pretty pretty goofy, pretty fun, like a lot of these are. But I mean, there's there are so many fan theories, it really never ends. You just you just Google, you know, whatever show you're interested in, and there will be oh. a, a fan theory or several for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Freaking like any popular show, any popular comic or series of any any sort, there's always there's always tons of freaking fan theories and stuff, people that have gotten into the weeds about their opinion of like a, and it usually seems like it starts with like some kind of discrepancy. Like people are like, wait a minute, this isn't this, this timeline or whatever happens, you know, like, like doesn't make a whole lot of sense necessarily, or maybe there's a little hiccup in the, uh, the, uh, you know, the writing process where something was forgotten or something like that, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's, it's never ending for sure. Yeah. I mean, shit, just think about, you know, uh, Doctor Who, right? That whole that whole deal. There's so many different uh, discrepancies and fan theories about like what actually is going on with some of the uh, timelines there, right? Yeah, there. There's a. I was hoping Agent Ether would come on and talk about some Doctor Who, but um, she was uh, not available today, unfortunately, so yeah. she couldn't come on. But she's a huge Doctor Who fan. She's watched yeah. all of the modern series, so she's familiar with all that stuff. I've never watched a single one. I understand it's a good series. Uh, a lot of people like it. I just, I've never, I just, maybe I will one day. 
I've never gotten into it myself though. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of it. It's not really, not really my speed, but, uh, I could see the appeal a lot. It's very popular. A lot of people are into it. Oh, sure. Yeah. But well, all right. That's all of the fan theories I've got for you. Any fan theories you'd like to throw our way before we get out of here? Aging ETA. No, nah, I, you know, I didn't do any research or get ready at all for this uh, episode, you know? So, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I had to take a little nap, you know? All so. right. Well, thank you guys all so much for listening. If you'd like to help the show out, you can do so by leaving us a good review, wherever you listen to podcasts, suggesting the show to your friends. And actually now that this is a video format as well, I think there are buttons and things. There's like a bell and like a thumbs up or whatever. So do some of that stuff too. <laughs> All right. Questions, comments, anything, go ahead and comment on the video and we'll check back on that and probably even respond if we can. Anyways, we appreciate you guys. And until next time. Keep it strange. <laughs>